What up, everybody? It's your boy, Darius J. And I'm Stephen Neal. And this your girl, Mella G. With special guests. Jen Martin. Hey. <laughs> and this is... Conversation. Let's talk about it. What up, what up, everybody? It's another show, another day, another dollar. I hope you went to church some way, somehow, whether it was in video or uh, on your bed or in the parking lot or wherever. You know what I'm saying? In a building, you know what I'm saying? If you got your shot, you might have been able to hug somebody. <laughs> we in here. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Mm -hmm, right, mm -hmm. so we're going to get into some how you livings, and so we'll start with our special guest. Uh, how you living, Jen Martin? You know, I am living extremely blessed. I can say that. Um, trying to uh, get off this round of weight. <laughs> um, and uh, I actually, you mentioned the shot. I actually got vaccinated this week. Uh, mm. Okay. So uh, it was very interesting. I had a lot of doubts going <clears throat> Um, but it was cool. Mm -hmm. I had issues, you know, just a little soreness on yeah. the arm. Um, but that only lasted like a day. And I was yeah. So you know, everything. You, you you got that? Uh, which which one you got? I got Moderna. Oh, okay. oh I all right, all right, don't all right, get. Right. I, I thought you were finna get that Janssen. That Janssen. No, <laughs> no. no, you know, I was kind of trying to hold out. I was kind of trying to hold it out because you know, like as vaccines grow, they make all these changes to them. You know, yeah. I was like, yeah. oh, Johnson and Johnson, they they made changes to the point where it's only one shot. Okay, it's gonna keep getting better. It's gonna keep getting better. And then Johnson Johnson came back talking about some blood clots, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I know. <laughs> and they can't start. They start coming back talking about blood clots. I was like, these jokers ain't Jamaican. I mean. The joke went over. No, man. Ah! Darius, my people are going to get me for what you said. I know. You know that's going to happen, right? I know. I know. Now. <laughs> it did not go over my head. I just. <laughs> it went over my head, but I, I think I'm happy that it went over my head. <laughs> yeah, let's let it stay back there. So <laughs> let's keep going. Yeah, yeah. It went it's over it's and it's out of sight. It's there out of sight. You, you know, <laughs> oh but yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, yeah, that's cool. Cause you know what I'm saying? that I got the Pfizer, you know what I'm saying? I got what the nurses took, what my sister-in-law said, taking one of my homegirls in Chicago said, take. So I took their words on and got that old Pfizer. Yeah. Same here. Went to the stadium, got both shots. Um, I think yesterday was the 10 days out for my second shot. So Fully immunized now, so you know. Hey, uh, did you feel anything when you got your second shot? Yes. Uh oh. That yeah, that flu, that second shot flu bug is real. Yeah, so it's really real. Yeah, but my boss like said that. Or so. It really. Is. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's <clears> what my boss said. Cause my boss came into work. And he was looking like, he was like, "Hey, man, that second shot." <laughs> I'd be like, man, just go home. Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's what they said. Even the, even the, I went to CVS to get uh, my shot, and so even mm -hmm. the the pharmacy or the pharmacist that there, I guess it was a pharmacist that gave me my shot. Um, he was just like, uh, you know, you should be fine with this shot, but everybody says that the second shot is horrible, and I was like, okay, well, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm already scared. <laughs> I'm already scared. But it, it, yeah, it's like it, it comes, it's there, but then it goes. Like, I, I think it didn't really help that I had a variety of factors. I'll get into that in a minute, but you know, uh, there was a variety of factors why that flu bug hit me the way it did. Um, but that's that's how you live in. Um, Miss Martin. Yeah, I'm living healthy. Praise God. Come on. Come through. You know, we healthy around here. Yeah. Other than that, yeah, yeah, yeah. How you living, Mella G E? G E? Well, yeah, that's, that's all I, I, I was. Yeah, I went on. E E. I thought you were about to say something else. I was, but I just paused myself. Oh, okay. I, I appreciate that. Self control. Look at you. Um, I'm living well. Uh, so the. This past week has been an adventure. Um, I think an adventure and get to know self. And so it's so crazy. So like uh, last Friday, I paid off my last credit card that was in collection. Mm. And my, my credit score is up, 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 up. Um, and I'm super, <laughs> I'm super grateful because like uh, I started like really being aggressive and paying down my debt uh, at the beginning of last year, and then the pandemic happened, and it was a lot of stuff, and there was a lot of things I was worried about financially, uh, but I was able to still keep my job, and uh, I got promoted like twice, you know, during the t- pandemic to even help with more, you know, income and paying more debt, paying more of my debt down. Um, and so that same weekend I was able to test drive a car and it was just like, you know, it's one thing when you're actually like putting your vision in action, you're writing it down, you're putting it on your wall, you're manifesting it every day by speaking it to life and to finally actually be at this moment where I can say that I no longer have that toxic debt and I am, you know, moving to that next step of getting a car and the next step will be a house. Um, just in the season where I'm at and just, I'm just super grateful, um, you know, of the whole process in general, I think is, it's definitely taught me a lot. <laughs> it's ta- taught me a lot of discipline because there's a lot of things I wanted to do that I couldn't. And then I think because of the pandemic and not being able to travel, there's a lot of money that I was able to save and more money that I was able to put, put towards that. So I feel like the pandemic was a blessing in a way, <laughs> um, in that aspect, but I think just lately, I just been kind of. I feel like I've been living freely. If I would just kind of sum up, like how I've been living overall, like I just feel like I'm free. Like I owe nobody anything. I wake up free, debt free from my student loans because that's between Biden and God at this point. So whatever they figure out, <laughs> whatever they figure out, that's how my 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 student loans are going to get paid. I'm just kidding, but um. But no, I I'm, I feel like I'm just living more freely, and I think um, I think that freedom that I feel of not owing that debt kind of easily trans translate into the freedom that I I'm living out loud in my life. Um, and so, with that being said, I am dropping my podcast back <laughs> uh, starting tomorrow. There'll be a new episode. Um, I just want to be more consistent and. Uh, not be a perfectionist, if you will. I just feel like things have to be a certain way before I do it. 
Um, but I'm just going to do it. And I'm just going to be consistent and just see what God has planned for me uh, in doing that and being obedient and just being consistent. So that's how I've been living, guys. It's been it's been really a really good feeling. Mm, been living good, you know what yes. I'm saying? Getting debt free and all that good stuff. Being a great adult. How you live, Stephen Neal? Well, then, I have been living in the whole 30. That's right. I'm doing this again, guys. I do this at least once a year. Uh, 30 days of no complex sugars, no bread, no beans or legumes, uh, no corn, um, and dairy's pretty much out too. So, um, yeah. So ever since the 14th, we started on the 14th, me and my wife. Uh, shout out to my wife. Shout out, babe. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, we've been on this journey. We've also been on the journey with uh, another couple, an accountability couple, uh, Chris and Brianna Dorellis. You know, they live right down the way from us. So, you know what I mean? We can kind of compare our grocery notes and, and whatnot. So it helps. It helps having a community uh, of people uh, doing it with you, at least one other couple. But uh, as I mentioned earlier, that the first day that I started the Whole30, I was on a fast. So I actually fasted the first day. But that was also the day after I got my second Pfizer shot. Mm. So in retrospect, I don't know. What's the wisest decision? Um, so when the fog hit me, it hit me with no food and none of my regular food mm. as well. So, <laughs> but stayed strong. And by Friday, um, I was good to go. You know, I was good to go. So, um, so yeah, it's been going good. This is day 11 now of the whole 30 out of 30. Uh, Let's so go. I'm halfway through. Usually at this point, if I haven't given up, I'm not going to give up. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's usually like if I blow it in the first 10 days, then yeah, I'm pretty much like, well, I didn't get that far. So it was a bust. But now it's like if I were to give up, I'd be kind of mad at myself because mm -hmm. I'd be like, mm -hmm. it's only two two weeks and some change, you know, like, you know. I'm, yeah. You know, like, so. That is how I am living, hopefully, with lower blood sugar. That's why I do it. I don't really do it to lose weight. Um, I've lost a bunch of weight in the last few years. Um, I've lost, like, I used to be, like, like 250-plus, and now I'm right at 200. Uh, so Let's go. <laughs> Come on, maintain. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, I, I don't I don't know if I have that much more weight to lose, so I might have to hit up uh, our boy Chris Maxwell and get hey. into some kind of oblique routine. You know, to yeah, come on, Tony. You know, you know, so might have to do that. I might have to do that sooner than later. But <clears throat> that is how I'm living. Two um, questions. Yes. Two questions. One: Why no corn? Because corn. corn is one of those things that also the starches get converted into the same sugar that kind of, you know what I'm saying? Like 
it's a conversion thing to where your body kind of stores it as yeah, sugar more as so. Sugar. So maybe I'm maybe I'm just missing this part, but your body does I thought that your body didn't absorb or digest corn. Like is it I remember like back in the day in school we did like a <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember. I remember the thing. The whole experience, we had to eat whole corn and then, yeah. you know, look at. See, uh, you right. know. But, <laughs> but the thing of it is, just like corn, it has an inside that's soft. See, the protein coat on the outside of the corn hole is not digestible. But the inside of the corn is very high in sugar, and that's how they get um, corn syrup. You know what I'm saying? So, and you know, so that's how that works. You know what I'm saying? It do break down. It just don't break all the way down. Just like it don't break the out out of coat of the corn down. It don't break down like you broke that down to me. Right. (laughs) Second question is: You said you fasted the first day. What does that entail? Because you know, people's fast is different. Some people fast from social media. Some people fast. Yeah. Yes. So, what does your fast mean? So every third every third Thursday of the month, uh, our ministry, the Path Church, we fast as a church from generally from food. Um, and then there's different time periods. Some people do 24 hours. Some people might do a sun up, sundown. Um, and I actually did the 20, almost did the 24 hours. I was feeling too horrible. Like <laughs> I made it to 22. But with no food, twenty two. Like nothing, no water, no food. Oh well, we have water, water. We we do water, but just no solid food, uh, and no like I can't have like Kool Aid or something. You know, like nah, this yeah. This, what do you mean no solid? Like can you have a smoothie? Does that like? Oh snap! Okay. Nah, no grown up baby food. <laughs> I'm so yeah, just water. For like a whole day, just you know, fasting and praying about uh, things about you know the ministry because we just got a new building, um, and so we're praying about Finally, the yes. going forward with that. You know, we're having services in the parking lot now. You know, so we're trying to kind of you know integrate in the community and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, utilize the gift that God has given us. Also praying for leadership, and then of course praying for the world right now and what's mm-hmm. going on as well, and. And then just, you know, like individual things we bring up in our small groups as well. Just like, you know, so you just spend a day like a third Thursdays each month doing that. So it just happened to fall on the day one of Whole30. So it's kind of crazy how that worked. But a nice little start, a nice start to it. So that's dope. That's yeah. good. You know what I'm saying? So, I'm uh, glad you didn't uh wise up and ate you some food before the twenty-fourth hour. Yeah, yeah. Know. I made it twenty-two and then I was like, okay, it's it's midnight. It's it's technically the next day. Let me just let me just get something in my system. I feel terrible. Mm. Um so uh, I hope you're living better than me, Darius J. How are you living? Living good, you know what I'm saying? Um Life is going well. Uh, to this week was a long week. Uh, I thought I saw a UFO. You know what I'm saying? When I was down in Savannah, close to Savannah, and on uh, Waycross. What? Uh, I did, bro. I'm telling you, I man, me and this other truck driver, we were riding down the road, riding down 16, right? 
And then all of a sudden, these two lights just burst in the sky, look like a like a photon laser, some very sci-fi-ish. You know what I'm saying? And then this light just shot out from behind, but it didn't light up nothing. It just lit up the air. It looked like a comet. And then we were sitting there riding at each other in my home. Well, he went my home, but we just met each other at the rest stop because we had to gather ourselves because we thought we saw E.T. fight. Um, and then... Yeah, man, it was it was yeah, it was SpaceX though. It wasn't no it wasn't no aliens. It was uh, Elon Musk and them out there playing in the sky. You know what I'm saying? They had a lunch down there on the other side. Uh, <clears throat> so yeah, you know I had that happen, and um that was weird. That was Friday. You know what I'm saying? Um, that was to top my week off. Uh, yeah, I thought I thought we was finna get uh transported. You know what I'm saying? Uh uh uh, uh the first kind or whatever. You know what I'm saying? First encounter type deal. That was weird. Um, I didn't know what to think. And then me and Kenny. And Kenny, he a light-skinned dude, man. He was out there. It shook him up so bad. He was talking like Terrence Howe. He was like, hey, man, I don't know what I seen out there, man. Uh, uh, you think we're going to be all right there, man? I was like, hey, Kenny, gather yourself. It's okay. They ain't shooting ray of light on us. We all right, buddy. I got to go make this delivering way across though, but you know what I'm saying? I don't know what you're going to do. He's like, man, I'm about, I might, I want to turn this truck down and go back to uh, making. I was just like, hey, man, do what you got to do, Kenny. Man, he was just like, hey, man. Kenny went all right, man. I don't think Kenny going to be the same. <laughs> <laughs> I don't no, think, try to hold it in. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kenny, Kenny, Kenny was really messed up about that right there because he cut his light on and looked at me and I cut my light on and looked at him. I was just like, hey, man. And then he was just like, hey, man, pull over at the rest stop. And pull it over. And it was like, hey, man. It was hard. Oh, 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 Kenny, my man. Gosh. <laughs> Kenny, it looked like it looked like it looked like Chris Brown. It you, know is, you know, it probably was a scene from Space Jam. Uh-uh. <laughs> no, that was that was Elon Musk. Now somebody sent me an article. Said Elon Musk now down there playing in the sky, playing on uh, space race cars. See, that's what the men in black want you to think, and so I that's can't. how they set it up. They they flashed all of y'all with <laughs> and that's what they told y'all. Yeah, because I'm telling you, all right, let me tell you something. That's a weird thing to see at four o'clock in the morning. Yeah, you know it, what I'm saying. At four o'clock in the morning. It, it was about five, five, right at five o'clock. And then all of a sudden, and let me tell you the weirdest part, when the whole look, the spectacle was over, the sun just started to come out. And I was just like, did they split the sky? Because I had one when the sun came out, I was like, is this Jesus coming back like the thief in the night? You know what I'm saying? Because I'm up and I see it. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if we're supposed to be seeing Jesus coming back. I thought we were supposed to be sweet. <laughs> I can't, man. Oh, I'm so done. I cannot. I'm, I'm completely done. <laughs> I don't know if I'm just like so thrown off by how great your impersonation is of Terrence Howard or this whole spectacle that you saw in the sky. Hey, man. Friday morning was the weirdest morning I had. To, I had to text my wife and be like, hey, if you don't hear from me, I'm Ryan with ET now. Bumping the little crate. 
Okay. I might come back with a photon laser ready on and like pew, 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 pew. <laughs> ain't gonna be able to see me in the hood. <laughs> as long as your fingers don't turn like ETs, we'll be good. Hey man, that'll be cool. Ooh, that'll be something cool for worship. Like we have a candlelit worship. I can throw the finger up. Uh, hey man, tell you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Can we please move on? This is why you go last. This is why you go last. It's perfect. <laughs> hey, but um... <laughs> this is exactly why you go last. <laughs> I'm just saying, I've been having interesting weeks. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, last last week, we, you know, I guess a police officer pulled a practical joke on me, and then this ET now, um, you know, I'm getting live out there. Hey, I'm telling Come you, on, don't man. be surprised. You know what I'm saying? Thank God, almost took me up there. I was like, man, what if I had got picked up like Enoch? I just walked, drove my big truck off into and just transcended. (laughs) (laughs) Or Elijah come out of the fire chariot and get them horses like, yeah. It's the the awkward silence for me. I think it's so dramatic. I'm just saying. All right, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. That's how I live, guys. I'm safe. Yes. Well, thank you. Well, you are living wild and crazy, my friend. <laughs> you know what else is wild and crazy? Somebody giving you a haircut you didn't ask for. So we're going to get into this. Mm-hmm. We're going to get into this. Let's get into it. So um, this happened some months ago. Yeah. Uh, but no one can explain what or why this happened. But what happened is there was a seven-year-old girl who went to school with long, flowing hair. Um, this is a visual thing. I'll give the visual to people. This is how she went to school, okay? Um, Young, free. Yeah. Carefree, long hair, don't care. Right, seven years old. All right. Seven. So apparently, she got her hair cut on the bus. Mm. Okay. So some kids with some scissors, you know, they took the scissors out of the little pencil box or whatever kids have nowadays. <laughs> you know, and was like, whoo, it would be really cool to just cut your hair. So mm. they did it. At least that's what we know because no one's saying anything. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm. So apparently she came home from school with her hair cut and her dad was like, well, what happened? And she was like, some kids cut my hair. Okay. They mm. cut my hair on the bus, you know. So he was just like, oh, mm, he, he, kids, they do dumb yeah. stuff. Ha ha. All right. Wouldn't have been just- no ha ha. So yeah. they, they were no ha-ha per se. So he went to a hairstylist to straighten things out, you know, mm-hmm. straighten out a haircut, make it a, an asymmetrical, as the uh, father put it, an asymmetrical haircut. So then she went to school the next day. And mm. the following events are really foggy, real foggy. But apparently the teacher 
in one of her classes cut her hair even shorter. Mm. Okay, and this was the end result. Black eye for mm. the whole classroom. So yeah, short, short. Look how mm. sad she is. Oh, look it looked like sad. they tried to get it looked like they tried to get her to George Jefferson up front. Like, look at that thing. It looked like she's moving on back. Her teacher in the front. Yeah, her I mean, teacher. That, I mean, you know, and that might be how her hair grows too. You know what I'm saying? Nah, but, from the first picture, that ain't how her hair grows. They cut that good hair like that. Her teacher, though, let me tell you something. Let me see. <laughs> So before, before we get into reactions, the official reaction is that they just don't know how it got to this point. They don't know what they don't know what call the teacher made to cut someone's hair. You know what I'm saying? But the thing is, like, if it's lice or something, if it was like a health thing, then they would go ahead and say it would. But they they're not saying that. But then they won't say what happened. So with that. Let's get reactions. We're already getting comments. Yeah. All right. One. First on the agenda, black eye for two teachers. Bop, bop. Uh -huh. You know uh -huh. what I'm saying? <clears throat> two. Like, what in the world would possess a teacher to say, hey, I'm finna make an executive decision on what I should do with the child's hair in this class. And you know what? I'm gonna take it on my uh, on self, on my break time, or maybe she did it in class and made it a spectacle. That would deepen her black eyeness. <laughs> and she did that, but I don't understand like why. And, and, and the father don't even seem like because I watched a couple of his uh interviews and stuff like that. Even the lady that was you know doing the uh news reporter, she seemed like he ain't reacting hard enough because that had to be a black mama. Oh man, the teachers would die that day. It would have been bad. I'm telling you, I'd have showed up and just said, Hey, don't mind me. Where the teacher had to cut my daughter hair. My sister finna run a fade on her. You know what I'm saying? Like, she finna get beat up because I don't hit women, but I do got sisters that can bruise you up pretty bad. So, her aunties finna take you to town for skinning my little baby head. And you don't skin my baby head, I'm skinning my sister's gonna skin your face. You know what I'm saying? And um, yeah, but I still don't understand that though. Like, how and then the, the what the thing is, they don't even want to talk to them. Like they don't right. switch schools and everything, and they don't yeah, even they talk to them. Yep. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't have changed schools until somebody saw me. Because I don't know, man, that's just weird. Like, I don't understand how they ain't got how they let <laughs> How did the parents just say, oh, that's cool? Because even with the little kid, the first fit, like, the little kid's parents would have had to see me. I'm just like, hey, I need to talk to you because your little boy obviously don't know how to conduct yourself when you're around other uh, uh, lady, other girls. You don't cut their hair. You don't take no scissors out and cut their hair. You need to get your son together because if I have to come back in, he don't cut some more of my daughter's hair, he going to lose a finger. You know what I'm saying? Oh, he gonna get a whooping that y'all ain't getting. I don't know. Something gonna happen. I don't care if I got to put tie his hands up and mittens. Something gotta happen. He can't do that no more. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, it's just weird, man. I don't understand that. I, I just would have handled that a whole. It would have been a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I like these comments. That's good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. Got any thoughts, uh, Jen? I, I have a lot of thoughts. 
Um, I just, okay, first of all, you know, I read and I, I, I looked at um, some footage of the father, mm -hmm. um, as Darius was saying, and he didn't, he didn't seem too concerned. He didn't. First of all, I think anybody's mother or father that actually attempts to do a child's hair would be furious because mm -hmm. first of all, fitting that child has a lot of hair. Fitting a wash day into your week <laughs> is a big deal. So you're not, we're not about to put all this work into doing my child's hair and then you feel like you take the liberty mm -hmm. of cutting it off. You know what I'm saying? Right. Another to Dar uh, to another one of Darius's point, it wouldn't have been just I'm gonna brush it off with the kids either. Mm -mm. If a child cuts my child hair, somebody needs to that haircut wouldn't have been on me. I would have mm -hmm. had to have some conversations with that child's parent. I would have mm -hmm. had to have conversations with the school bus driver, the teachers, everybody involved. How is this occurring? You know what I'm saying? Um and I think in one of the interviews, he was saying that nobody wants to talk to them. That's not an option for me. Somebody, no. Nobody wants to show video footage. You're going mm -hmm. to show yep. video footage. If exactly. there is video footage, you're going to show me. I don't care. I don't care about any of that. This is my child. And you, and then mm, now we got yeah. a teacher, you know what I'm saying, who decides. You mentioned lice. It can't be lice because I've, I've been yeah. in a school setting. If lice occur, the whole class is dismissed. They have yep. to, you know, you don't, you don't cut the hair. The class is just dismissed because it's infectious. So you mean to tell me you can't be lice because the the you you think that you're going to solve the problem by then putting your hands into a head full of lice and then popping mm. your own self? No, it wasn't. Mm. So I don't know what the deal was, but I just can't fathom anything that would make it okay for someone to cut. A young girl's hair like I just I don't understand so you need to show me video footage if you're not going to talk to me then the principal's going to talk to me if you're not if the principal's not going to talk to me the school the board of directors for the school somebody is somebody going to talk to me about what's going on with my child's hair because this is I mean I just I don't understand not only not only did you make it a traumatic experience for my child um but that my child does not belong to you. Yes, I mm -hmm. trust you to, you know, I entrust you to take care of her every day, but my child does not belong to you. Do not touch anything on her body because it is not for you. So it just it it it, it's, it makes me furious because it's just like why mm -hmm. yes, hair grows back, but that's not the point, you know. That's not the point. Who are you? Got my got my baby out here looking like a a, a cabbage pack kid or, or my buddy dog with that nappy hair. You ever seen my buddy dog? Her hair look like the the, the little uh uh Caucasian my buddy dog. You know what I'm saying? I it, this is crazy. And then dad, and then her dad is like, oh, I want an apology. We going to some type of court. I don't know what's going. On. That's the thing that I'm sitting up there. I'm just like, what is you talking about, my brother? Like. For real? Hey, man, y'all don't have to see me. I be patrolling the school like I worked there. <laughs> but, uh, Melody, do you, you got uh, something to throw into this? I'm really just trying not to laugh at Darius's jokes right now, man. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think I'm just trying to figure out this motivation piece. Like, 
from okay the child cutting the hair on the bus definitely needed to be addressed nothing to chalk up ain't nothing to chalk up we can put some chalk on some sidewalk and, and draw some flowers <laughs> but we ain't chalking nothing up because that that boy girl whoever cut my child's hair needs to be addressed respectfully <laughs> like Mm-hmm. Um, just you know, manners need to be taught, and it starts with the parents. So we need to have some type of sit down, you know, maybe not a play date because I don't know what y'all gonna do while I'm trying to talk to the parents. Mm. But I, I, I'm still trying to piece it together from the moment. Okay, that happened on the bus. They go to the hairstylist. You know, they you know get an asymmetrical cut, and then the t- like. What was the motivation for that? The 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 haircut is styled. What more? needed to happen like there's something else happened at school where somebody she was bullied or some another student they were doing a project or crafts and somebody you know or sh- herself she decided to cut her own hair i don't know maybe i don't know what like I, i'm trying to figure out what was the motivation what gave that teacher the uh entitlement like what like did like she felt like she could make that decision to cut her hair that low too and then even like, like that's a huge chunk of hair. Like it's and then also too, like like in the front, it's like a lot of hair missing. Like it's you can almost see her scalp. And then everything yeah. else is curly. So I'm just like, uh, I I would be livid as a parent if I was, you know, if that was my child. I would not rest. I don't want mm-hmm. just an apology. I'll probably take you, I'll sue the school. I what I'll sue the yeah. teacher. Whatever, like whatever it's gonna take. Like my 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 child is not gonna go to that school anymore. If anything, we can homeschool or go somewhere else. But I will not rest until I get answers. So I was so confused as to why he would he couldn't get access to the video footage either as well. Like mm, yeah, cause that's the thing. I'm like, cause it sounds like they made a game out of cutting her hair. Cause that would it feel like to me. I'm like, you don't want to release the footage because you're going to incriminate the fool out you. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And uh, because just like even the cut in the front, I was just like, man, it looked like somebody was playing that girl head, man. And, and, and that don't look right. That look, all that stuff looked very intentional. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have been able to sleep that night. A couple nights. I would have been at the school, at, I would have been at the school in the parking lot like Denzel Washington on training day <laughs> by the end of the movie. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Just sitting out there, just looking at the school, just like when it's open up, I'm, I don't care if it's a security guard, I'm running in there. Mm-hmm. The, the only thing I could estimate is that they are keeping a lid on this just to buy time because something bad happened. Yep. Something bad happened. At the very worst, the teacher made a really, or at the very best, the teacher made a very dumb call. Mm. And then it's all on the teacher. At the very worst, maybe the child got bullied again and they started cutting away at her asymmetrical haircut and the teacher, for some reason, decided, okay, we got to even it up because now her haircut's ruined again. You know what I'm saying? Like It might have been her child doing it. It might. Like, something dumb happened and it's on camera. You know what I mean? Because... You know, otherwise, why not release the footage? I don't know if there's protocol or whatever that they're just milking. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yes, yeah, like protocol is protocol, but you know, doing the right thing in this situation is is more important. Like, why? 
you know what I mean? Like, what does it hurt to have the footage unless something titanically stupid happened? Like, you know, just, that's going to make the whole school, like, legally. I'm just trying to figure out, like, does this teacher have kids? You know, like, would she let her child, you know, go to school and just let somebody else just mess with her? You know, it's just like, I'm just, there's a lot of questions that I, I have. And, mm -hmm. and then at the end of the art, article, too, they were saying that this is now leading into a law for the Crown Act. Why does something this, this detrimental have to happen for you to consider a law that basically puts in place like don't discriminate against hair, da 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 da. But this is this is just common sense. Why would you put your hand in somebody else's child's hair without permission? If there's something going on, if another child cut her hair, if she cut her hair because now she's feeling insecure and she's act whatever the 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 case may be, a parent should have been contacted before any decision like that should have been made. Mm, period. And you, you're talking about bringing your child out of this school. I'm sorry. In the most holy way possible, we gonna shut the whole school down. Let me tell you. I, if my child can't go to that school, no child's gonna be able to go to that school. Right, you feel me? You feel me? Nobody go to that school. Everybody at home. We're gonna start an investigation because they might be doing. How many children come home? You're right. It's just it, it it blows me, and you're talking about like it, it, like you said at the end of the article, it talks about like going into some kind of reform with laws or whatever, or whatever. It, it doesn't matter. Like none of that even matters. It's the right. fact that you put your hand into someone else's child's hair with no permission, and exactly. so. But kind of like Steve was saying, like I think there's something else like going on. There's some kind of underlying buying time. Buying time. Maybe they're trying to like they know it's in the media. They're trying to get people to calm down. They're trying to you know make it you know in the back of people's minds after. But how Dad reacted also makes me think. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That bothers me. He was just so chill, like nonchalant. I would have walked up and changed the door. I'd have changed the doors of school like like Batman, the great Morgan Freeman. On lean on me, you know they used to call me Crazy Joe. Now they call me Batman. You know what I'm saying? I'd have been out there. They used to call me Mr. Darius. Now they call me Debo. My school punk. <laughs> like I. I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it, it blows my mind. It yeah. really blows my mind. So I don't know what they're going to do. I They also may be deliberating. They may be legal at this point. They're trying to keep it under wraps. You know, they might be deliberating like behind closed doors and they might be playing that off because he was just too chill. You know what Man. I mean? Oh. He was too That's chill. what I'm saying. I, I was just like. Every other, yeah. when I beep, 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 beep. I was like, you know, Lord, forgive me, but I am mad. I just been saying that. They would, I just been looking at the screen and I just said, Look here, whoever elementary school, you got two hours, two hours. to get back with me. <laughs> I don't care if I got to break in the school and sleep in the classroom, you're going to see me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, I know that they said that they were having a meeting, like the Board of Education was having a meeting, and he was going to try to attend to see if he could get more answers. That but, was a regular meeting, though. That's the that annual meeting. That was it. He exactly. said, talking about showing up. He ain't gonna show up. He gonna get up there and be like, "Well, guys, I, I you know, you, you cut my daughter's hair and 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 stuff, and you know, I ain't even see the mother. 
Yeah, yeah. Where's, where's the mom? I had that question too. Not gonna lie. I, like yeah. I, something going on. This must be some kind of conspiracy. They got to be playing a prank on me because I'm, I'm telling you, if I find out this was false, I'm beating that dude up and driving to Michigan. Like you shouldn't have stressed me out for you, and yet it was a prank. Don't put it past the media, man. man. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. But I'm gonna stick to it. I'm hoping that that is real. I and hope it's real. And there's I hope so many. There's so many gaps in the story. You know? Yeah. Especially from her going back to school, then coming home with the hair, you know, and then he's like so nonchalantly like, "Yeah, I just want to apologize." It's just a lot of. It's a lot of gaps in the story. I'm just, yeah, he ain't reacting like a parent would. That's I just don't see the parent. I don't see the parentalness in him. You know, like, what I'm I, would, I would be crazy if it was my niece. Yo, that's what I'm saying. saying. I'd show up for my yeah. nephew. Let somebody cut my nephew hair off. I'd be at the school. Oh, I drive oh. all the way to Clarksville, Tennessee. That is you know what I'm saying. True story. True story. True story. So I'm really close to one of my, like one of my nephews. Very, very close. Um, and so that it wouldn't even it wouldn't even have flowed. It wouldn't even have happened if it was my nephew because uh, when he was younger, you know, they used to daycares are now having it to where they give you a password or something and you can look and watch your kids all day. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and we were watching him like a movie. I'd be at work, I'd go to the bathroom and just <laughs> sitting there and just watching. I'm like, what is he doing? Who is he sitting next to watching this movie? Like, what are they doing? Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. So it wouldn't even have, so the fact that he even got that far, you know, um, no other kids said anything. You know what I'm saying? No other kids or no other people intervened or nothing else happened. Yeah, yeah. It, it makes me think, is this a fake story? Are they yeah. trying to like, you know, yeah. rile people up in this time? And then they made a point to mention that she was biracial, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, you feel mm -hmm. me? It's yep. just like, okay, yep. like, why point that out? Are you trying exactly. to stir up some things? You know, so it's just like, you know, I just pray that she is, if it is, you know, real that she's good, that she's not like traumatized, you know, yeah. um, by this situation. Plus, haircuts aren't cheap, guys. Like, no, don't tell no, me, man. I, so. <laughs> I pay, I pay forty dollars for a haircut right now, and I ain't even get my full haircut. I'm just getting the size, did you feel me? Right. In the longer so, yeah. years, the more expensive it is. It's crazy. Bro. I'd be like, I'm I've been on why I'm learning how to do my own hair because retwisting is like getting the three digits, and uh, I'm not here for it. <laughs> Paid a hundred and something dollars to get my hair retwisted. Uh, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. I, just, I just aged myself up, whatever I got left, you know. <laughs> I just aged my, up myself. You know, but look, little, little girl, keep your head up. I hope yeah. your daddy, I hope your daddy, man up and go to the school and and, and get with everybody they need to get get with, with. it. Yeah, because uh, because uh, he he playing, and I don't like the fact that he playing. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. So hope that gets resolved. Um, another matter that was resolved, of course, was the george floyd trial at least it came to some resolution sentence yeah. sentencing is still pending but there's a verdict guilty on all counts derek chauvin is guilty on all counts involving the murder and we can say that freely now murder yes. of mm. george floyd so we're just going to go around and get some reactions um 
before we get into the next segment of the show, but I just wanted to really address that and react to it. Yeah, um, I think, I mean, I wasn't following the, the trial very closely. Um, I don't know, I just feel like with so many of us experiencing that, I feel like every day I'm hearing something new about our community and it's so tiring. It's, it's so, it's like, it's numbing almost, you know, it's like, it's numbing, but it's also like, man, like I can't be oblivious like that this could happen to me as well. So, and it's just also kind of around that same time that we hear about, um, what's the girl name? I can't think of it. Uh, the girl Sandra that, yeah. no, 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 the yeah. one that was just shot, the one, the girl that was shot four times. Makia, oh. Makia, right? Yeah, Makia. Yeah. So that that happens, and it's like you, it's like on one on one side of the spectrum, you're like yes, victory, like we're finally making change, we're finally, you know, getting the justice that we've always deserved, and then in the next instance, it's like I just, I, I was just okay, so you know, I, it's like while I while I celebrate because that's huge, it's momental. You know, just that, just from last, you know, year to this year and coming to that conclusion, which I don't know why it took that long anyway. But, you know, uh, a verdict has been reached. Uh, but on the other side, I'm just like, I mourn daily, you know, with my people because it's like, enough is enough. And it's it's just so disheartening, man. It's, you know, every every time you turn around, there's a new story about some black man, some black woman, some black girl, kids, children, people that are like lives are cut short because of the police. And it's just like I, it's like I, I feel so uncomfortable now. You know, like mm. my, my first thought shouldn't be when I get pulled over by the police, am I gonna live? Am I gonna live? Not like, am I going to get a ticket? Are they going to let me away with a warning? No, am I going to die today? This is going to be my last breath. And that's scary. It's so scary. Mm. Yeah. Um, thoughts, uh, Jennifer? Honestly, I can't help. Like, okay, so people are celebrating. People are happy, right, about this verdict that has, that has um come about, but honestly, I can't, I can't be happy, right? And I can't celebrate something because, like that, right? Because I look at it from every angle and I look at it from every side, but the at the base, it just, it reminds me that if something like that had to be done, that means that somebody lost their life. So it's just a reminder, you know, that George Floyd is no longer here, you know, and that a family has to suffer um and mourn and i couldn't imagine being in that courtroom having to replay that and relive that over and over and over again and it's just horrible it reminds me that people have a lot of hate um that people are raised to hate you know it's not no one's mm -hmm. bored that way you know mm -hmm. what i mean um and so uh people are product of environments of hate and so I, i'm not happy that a verdict had to even occur in the first place. I am, um, I am, I guess you can say, happy about the fact that he was held accountable. Yeah. Um, people are saying justice, you know, has, uh, justice has prevailed, but I think justice has to do with, 
I think that's more so accountability than it is justice. I mean, it has to do with the overall structure and the system. I think it goes further than just one verdict. Yeah. Um, but I do think that I, I am happy that he was held accountable. And I think that um, other people and other officers and other people who are in positions like that will be, should be held accountable. Um, but then I think about it from the other side. And yes, he deserves whatever sentence and the verdict, he deserves that. But then I also think about how his family now has to be without a father. You know, people, children have to grow up without him. And that could then perpetuate more hate, you know, that could then yeah. um, lead to more discrimination, more racism. And so it's just like, okay, this, uh, this whole trial, everything like this is not even, it's not good on any side. You know what I'm saying? And so no, right. we don't know what's going, what's being said to these people when they go home. You know yeah. what I'm saying? We don't know yeah. what his wife or, or whatever his family saying to, you know, it just, and, I, and to be honest, I'm also fearful that, you know, everybody's surprised that he got, um, you know, he got charged on all three counts, you know, um, but it also just makes me wonder, you know, is he kind of like just the one that they're putting out there so that people can be appeased? You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like there's yeah. so much, you know, there's so much, uh, black people are now pulling their money away from companies. You see, you hear all the time about how people are, because of the, the voting laws that are going on in Georgia, yep. people are not movies in Atlanta anymore. And so people's pockets are being hit. And so it also, it makes me wonder if that wasn't occurring, would these verdicts have gone through? You know what I mean? And are they right. using him as kind of like the face of we're on your side, you know. Yeah, yeah. And it just get pushed under with future situations that may occur. You know what I mean? So you know, I'm just thinking about like all of that. That's good. Right. Um, and you brought up a good point that uh, this this had to become a worldwide movement and got the attention that it got. Like, think about it. People were protesting in like other countries mm -hmm. like all over the world when this happened last summer um and then it got to the point to your point again jen that uh companies made stands took action you know made statements put out tweets and instagrams and stuff so throwing support and stuff like that like to the point where it's getting all this attention um for this to finally happen, because this is, this has to be the largest profile case where a black man gets killed by a white police officer that results in this verdict. Mm. It has to be the biggest profile of that. It may have happened, but it might have been low profile. This is the biggest. This is definitely the biggest. Okay, <laughs> so now it's just like you're you're asking, like, what does it mean? Does it because Court cases are meant to set precedences. Yeah. Okay. That is the intention of verdicts. Verdicts set precedences. So does this set a precedence? Is this a flash in the pan? It, it, you can't help but wonder because this is the first one. Um, so 
yeah, it's definitely a, a big verdict and um, definitely with big implications. Um, you got anything, Darius? Yeah. Um, verdict, I was like Miller, you know what I'm saying? Most of the time when stuff like this is going on, I kind of like tune out and fall back. I am aware. I am 37 years old, so I've been around three, three more than three and a half decades, and I don't see my fair share of all this stuff going on. And I, I still empathize with it, you know what I'm saying? I have compassion towards it, but even just like, you know what I'm saying, Jim was saying, it's just like, all in all, you're still losing on the front end and the back end because things are happening simultaneously. You ain't, you out, you're not losing in front without losing in the back. And just like so many things happen, you know what I'm saying, all the time. And just like me, I, I, yeah, it's it's a good thing, but at the same time, it's a bad thing because just like, what if this tilt the scale in a way that just this radically changes how people protect and serve, you know what I'm saying? And then get in some situations where people should have stepped in, they don't want to step in no more. You know what I'm saying? Because they're just like, man, I'm not going to risk my life for that. You know what I'm saying? And stuff like that. And it's just like it becomes a very conscious thing because just like, yeah, it's some it's bad police out there just like it's bad people out there. And just like I tell people, I don't like to talk about the police without talking about our own community because we do it to ourselves too. But a lot of people want to think about, they want to talk about that side and don't want to talk about the other side. If you want to fix something, you got to fix it and fix it in totality. You just can't do the parts that you feel comfortable with doing it or blame shifting because the thing that is nobody don't want to take accountability and everybody want to be a victim of something and don't want to take accountability for the things that they need to be doing to, you know, build a community up, keep us from killing ourselves. You know what I'm saying? Because I talk about both, you know what I'm saying? I don't just talk about the police brutality and stuff like that. That happens, but I also talk about how we treat one another. Just like some people I was talking to dude the other day, he don't even go to certain parts of Atlanta because he just don't feel safe. And you and he, that's around his own people. That's that's a detriment to me. And I the, the verdict, I'm glad you know, I'm happy that the law prevailed because he did murder the man. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time. I feel like we need to look inside ourselves and our own community to be able to really fix the inside, yeah. you know what I'm saying, our community to, 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 to really make a difference, to have things that we can build up and come together, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what I'm more about, you know what I'm saying? Yes, I want people to get judged when they do wrong, because if I do wrong, I get judged. So I, I think everybody need to be set, held at the same level. I don't think anybody should be above the law, not even law enforcement. I'm not saying that it's okay for the police to be doing what they're doing. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that we need to learn how to protect ourselves. And when we see things going bad, we can pull each other away from it and, and stand in for one another without feeling like we're going to get hurt. Because the thing that is, is like, I don't like the people that stand around and watch it happen. It's 20 of you. You could have stepped in and helped that man. You know what I'm saying? Like, I understand that you feel like, yeah, you're going to get what he got and stuff like that, but he still got it and you didn't do anything. You know what I'm saying? So, 
why that that the camera phones don't help you got to be able to stand in for your brother and it ain't against the law and I, and the cops ain't gonna kill everybody on the street for real you know what i'm saying like i just think you know what i'm saying people they don't stand in when they need to stand in they stand in when it's safe they don't stand in when it's right to stand in like when that happened to um george floyd or um your young lady, you know what I'm saying, up in uh, Ohio, you know what I'm saying, stuff like that. You don't stand in when it's right. You stand in when it's safe. And I think that should be talked about as well, you know what I'm saying, because I don't think you need to just pick and choose when it's time to stand up. You need to stand up when it's right, you know what I'm saying, because a lot of people have stood in when it's right and got like Martin Luther King, you know what I'm saying, Rap Athanathy, um, John Lewis, you know what I'm saying? There's a lot of people did it when it went easy to do. S -s really put their lives on the line, you know what I'm saying? And and it changed generations, you know what I'm saying? And we got to be about that. And if you ain't about that, celebrating this victory is shallow. Do you think that that's an effect? Of what's going on though, Derek? Like, do you think that people are have genuine fear and are genuinely afraid of stepping in because they're thinking about their families? They're thinking about, you know, not making it home, you know, uh, to their kids and to their spouses or whatever, you know? So do you think that that plays a part in why people feel like the part that they play is getting it on them? You know what I mean? As opposed to actually stepping in and doing more in those situations yeah I, I think that's the case you know what i'm saying i think that you know what i'm saying a lot of times that you know people think self-preservation is a thing you know what i'm saying that's humans all have that aspect about them they they want to preserve self you know what i'm saying and they want to do the things that um is going to keep them and their family safe but at the same time i feel like you have to you know what I'm saying? Be better than that because, it's, like I said, it's people that been here and done done things that help people and sacrifice themselves. You know what I'm saying? And like that's the thing. Like when I brought up Martin Luther King and stuff like that, they sacrificed themselves. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, and. Uh, I think uh, Jen brought up a point of uh, civic engagement as well. Like, it's not just the times where, you know, where your life is on the line that you can do something. You can also um, be vigilant in who is running your community mm -hmm. by voting. And, and of course, you mentioned the Voting Act that was passed and the stands that were made. You know, Will Smith had a movie that he was shooting here that he pulled out because of what's going on with the votes because of um, how it's inconveniencing people um, and just making it harder for them to assemble. And while I say that um, is unfair, um, I feel like also um, there are ways to rally your community and just show them like, all right, you're going to try to do this, you know, so, you're going to give us this tight window to vote. We're all going to show up and vote and you're still lose. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? 
So, I mean, that's been the whole cat and mouse with voter suppression around here in Georgia. And it's, it's sad that it's a way of life really here, but at the same time, you gotta be vigilant. You can't just, you know, not do something when you can, whether it is a bang, bang call literally, or when you can stand in line and choose who can do something about it. So, um, so yeah, so sentencing is soon. We'll see how long Derek Chauvin's in jail. And that's a, that is a story for another day, but the story we're about to get into now is an interview with Miss Jen Martin. Yes. So before we get into that interview, (laughs) if you are here right now, watching our faces in these lovely color palette that we are showing off right now, share this broadcast, share it to your friends, you know, because we're about to ask Jen Martin some questions because she has a very interesting, very eclectic life. Come on. Um, (laughs) Uh, So you don't want to miss that. So, and you don't want your friends to miss it too. So share the broadcast. If you're listening to us, you're in the right place. But share also so that everybody else can get this interview, you know, while they're at work and working out and all that good stuff that they do when they're listening to Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and wherever else we are. We're on like 10 different platforms. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so now we will get into it. We will get into it um, with Jen Martin. So, <laughs> Jen, I, I still have to. Um, I'm not used to calling you Jen. You're grown up now. You're grown up now. So. Uh, a little bit. I try. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so you are an actress. You're a leader of youth. Um, and uh, your day job is interesting too. We're going to get into that as well. But which field did you get into first out of what you're doing now? Was it the actress thing and uh, the youth leader thing came off of that? Was it the other way around? Like, how, well, what, which one came first? <laughs> Definitely, I think came first. Um, okay. 100% I think. Like, I've been acting since I was young. Like, I think the first thing I did ever on stage was in like third grade. Um, and I did like something, I can't even remember the play. But I did something on stage and it just, it felt amazing. I loved, I loved the whole process from rehearsing to costumes to everything. Um, and so that definitely came first. I guess you can call me a youth leader. <laughs> I'm so crazy about talking You are a youth leader. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so crazy. Because honestly, I just feel like, you know, it's just my, what I do in ministry. You know, I feel right. like. God gave so much to me, and so it's the little that I can do for Him. Um, yeah. And so, um, honestly, that I was afraid to do that. True story. Um, so definitely, acting came first. I minored. I'm in theater in college, and so we did a lot of um, work with that. I did um, a traveling stage play for a little while. I did some background work in some movies, um, but now I'm just working on my own projects. Um, I stopped auditioning, and so now I'm working on my own projects. I'm really excited about that. Um, the work in ministry, being a youth leader, that came 
that's pretty recent, actually. It, it's probably been since about 2017 or 2016 or so when that happened, because I was going through a really, really rough time um, at that point in time, uh, going like coming through a depression, um, failed relationships at that time, you know, just everything and everything just happened at one time. And I started taking this discipleship class in my church. Shout out to the people at Pleasant Hill, by the way, to the people on the Hill, uh, my family, is crazy over there and I love them to death. Um, and I was taking a discipleship class. It's called, um, I can't even, I, I don't even know. <laughs> um, but I was, I was taking a class and it'll come to me in a second. I was, <laughs> uh, I was taking a class and it basically uh, teaches you how to be a better disciple. Um, and mm. so, and how to be a, in so teaching you how to be a better person, right? And so, I felt like at that point in my time, in my life, that um, God was needing more from me. Like He had more plans for me, but I was just kind of like, oh, you know, whatever. Like I'm just gonna go with the flow. And so, once I started taking that class, I realized how so how my whole life I've been saying, I'm for God, I'm for God, I'm for God. Had done nothing for His kingdom. Had done nothing for him. And so um, I started going into prayer about what I should be doing. Um, and then my pastor actually approached me um, about an opportunity to lead a ministry for young adults. And uh, since then, I've been working with them and a the little bit of kids. Um, and so uh, it's just been great, you know, uh, ever since then, it's been a true blessing and it's ever changing, you know, um, but it's amazing. And I'm blessed, and so yeah, so, yeah. awesome. Um, I think that's um beautiful. Um, because even to your point about like the titles, I think that's something that I try to sh shy away from too. Because I'm just like, if I'm destined to do this, this is what I'm destined to do. But I'm actually kind of interested since since um, working with youth has been pretty recent. Uh, for you, do you feel like that was always like something that you desired, or kind of going through this class, you kind of it kind of ignited that part of you to be able to kind of give back in that way? And then, how has that been through like this pandemic? So, uh, um, I've when, if we're talking about little kids, I've always been just uh, really involved with little kids, right? Mm -hmm. um, when I went to college, I wanted to be a pediatrician until I took chemistry. Let's be real. <laughs> I, I wanted to be a pediatrician. Um, I've always wanted to do something with kids. I wanted whatever I did to help people and have something to do with kids, you know. Um, and so um, coming into that, I've always been, you know, involved with the kids in the church. That's pretty much been my thing. Um, but as far as the young adults, that didn't come until I started taking that class. Um, it's called Master Life. I told y'all I was gonna come to There it is. Master Life. It's amazing. It's amazing. Um, and uh, just taking that, um, it really, I felt, so in my, in my first Master Life class, because it's like a set of six different books that you go through. Mm -hmm. um, and so in my first Master Life class, um, I took it, it was myself, my teacher, and another middle-aged man. <laughs> mm. And 
I was like, what are the, and the teacher was like a middle-aged man as well. So I was like, what are they gonna know about my life? (laughs) Like, I'm a younger woman. What are they gonna know about anything? But I have never felt more community, more love than I did in that room with just those two people. And so I was like, not only did it just change my thoughts on generational gaps, generational divides, right? Because a lot of people my age are a little younger kind of just kind of put away or put off the advice or, or the love from older people because, you know, we grew up in different times, you know? Yeah. And so learning that in that class made me feel just amazing. And I felt so rejuvenated with life after that. And so um, when, uh, when I got out of that class, I immediately thought, you know, I feel like other young people need to feel like this. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like them sharing and being completely transparent and honest in that class will help me when I have to face things. Some of the things I haven't necessarily faced yet, but I am going to face some things. And so um, just talking with them in that class, really, it just, it opened my eyes. And so when my pastor approached me about that, I was like, yeah, let's do it. I kind of already knew I wanted like a small group structure. You know what I mean? I wanted um, the same kind of intimacy that I had in that class. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you know, that was kind of the basis for everything. Um, and I've made friends. I'm talking, I had a class with somebody who's 70 something, 80 years old. And I feel like <laughs> I can go out and party with this dude. For <laughs> how crazy life was for him. That's just how I feel. And so I feel yeah. like just to be surrounded with, I tell people all the time, I'm spoiled, like I'm spoiled with love. You know, and, um, yeah. a lot of that has to do with my church family. Um, and not even just, of course, my, my family, family, right? Um, but also just my church family, like growing spiritually, it, it's just been amazing. So I felt like I just needed, I want to create that for other people, just a safe yeah. space where people can feel, they can come and be honest, believe it or not, you know? Um, because a lot of people have questions and I don't want for people to feel alone when they're in those situations, you know? Um, and so, yeah, uh, it wasn't until that class. To answer your question, it was a long Yeah. No, I mean, no, it's, it's very <laughs> thorough. Um, and I guess it just kind of leads into, you know, cause you say you kind of started about 2016, 2017 ish. So like when the pandemic happened last year, like how did you stay connected with the people that you were like important pour- to? Well, you know what? Everything changed because we had to do everything virtually. Um, it was a it was a big shift for our church as a whole. Um, but I think because our demographic is pretty young, we're yeah. <laughs> we're, we're pretty okay with being virtual. You know, yeah. um, it wasn't so much of a shift. You know, Zoom. Yeah, that's <laughs> hurting at this point. You know, um, so um, it it wasn't too hard to be virtual. It also it eliminated excuses, right? So yeah. you can't make it to something. You can't make it to an event. Roll over, log in. Right. <laughs> um, so, and it also, honestly, it's a, ble- like we said, you said it earlier that the pandemic kind of was a blessing. And I try to yeah. try to look at things in that manner, right? Try to find yeah. the, the good things and everything. And I remember it was a blessing in a sense where now I had a friend from Jersey who joined the call. Who wow. able to you know um, join if we were still doing only 
um, events in person. And so I just think that God has a, an amazing way of showing his grace. Um, and I think that um, he has created so many outlets uh, for us to continue to do his work. And so I'm just grateful, you know, um, for that. So it didn't, it didn't change too much. It did change because we were completely virtual and it does change the type of events that we can do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's kind of hard, um, mm -hmm. but um, it's just, you know, it's a challenge that I accept challenges. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think my only, my other question would be, um, outside of that, kind of going back to the, the acting side of you um, and knowing that you are a believer of the faith. Um, so has there been anything that you've been involved in that you've had to turn down? Um, or even if there's just certain things that I know you kind of briefly talked about some projects that you're working on. I'm not saying that you have to talk about them in detail, but um, <laughs> like, you know, what is that process like for you? Like when you're kind of, you know, deciding like what kind of gigs that you want to take on, like how much does that impact like your belief in God? It, it definitely impacts a lot because um, everything I do, I do for the kingdom, right? And so it literally is the basis and fuels everything I do. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, from something huge like acting to something small, I might be completely tired, right? Mm. I'm in a, in a horrible mood, right? Mm. But when, but I purposely put on a smile when I walk in the subway because it might affect someone else's day. But yeah. it's the basis of everything is Christianity, you know? Mm. And, so, um, and so with that being said, um, even when I first started, I had an agent. I no longer have this agent, but um, when I first started with an agent, I made it very clear to him from the beginning. There are certain things that I will not do. You know, there's certain roles that I will not uh, play because I always, I have such a deep conviction when it comes to, I have a genuine fear of God, you yeah. know? And I have right. a deep conviction that yeah. I can't go to sleep at night because I'm wondering whether I did something mm. to that guy, then it's not for me, you know? Yeah. So um, I told him from the beginning, I was like, there's just certain, like for instance, uh, one example that I told him, I will not be in any kind of demonic anything. I will not play a devil. I will not, you know, yeah. like be a part of that. I will not play as if I'm worshiping God. None of that, like that is not <laughs> something that I will ever be a part. Don't show me any scripts. <laughs> to <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> don't bring it to me. You know, I, I don't. And so, you know, you, I think if you set those boundaries very clearly in the beginning, um, you don't mm -hmm. really have to worry about that as much. Now, there will be some things that um, you have to contemplate, you have to pray over, you know, um, there'll be some things that are presented to you that are gray areas. Um, but it, again, it all comes down to my conviction, it all comes down to prayer after doing reading with other people who are in Christ and, and people who can look at it objectively. Mm -hmm. um, if I don't feel comfortable about it, I'm not going to do it. You know? <laughs> um, period. I don't care what that looks like. I don't care if I'm going to be as popular as other people. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, I'm trying to make it to heaven. Yes. And um, none of y'all are coming with me at that time. You know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that's just how, you know, I feel about that. Um, so it, 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 it can get a little tricky sometimes, but. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I can only imagine. So, I got a question since everybody else asking questions won't allow me to ask nothing. I'm sorry, I was just so excited. Another woman on the podcast, you know, there's a little time. Mel, this is not the first time we had a woman on the podcast in a while, in a while. So, just having some girl time, man. We didn't start the year man heavy. So. <laughs> hey man, we started our podcast during the woman heavy, so you know what I'm saying. You have to sprinkle some brother in there every once in a while, you know what I'm saying. Uh but um, since you know what I'm saying, acting was your first love. You know what I'm saying. How big of a impact, you know what I'm saying? Would you say, like? you would want to make on it or what kind of footprint do you want to leave you know what i'm saying with that gift mm, that's a good question that is a good question <laughs> you stay quiet man. right <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go back to our girl time so anyway. <laughs> um honestly i think everybody in whatever they I think whatever they do want to make a footprint. I think it wants to be as big as possible, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think, of course, I I want to be at the Oscars. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I want to make movies and do TV and mm. do all of this kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. And of course, everybody wants to be <clears throat> recognized for their work, right? Um, yeah. So yeah, I want to be that big. Right, mm-hmm. um, but I only want to be as big again. Everything comes to fame, right? Everything comes to Christianity, and so for me, and so I only want to be as big. Um, I want to be as big as I can get where I can still make room for Christ, you know. Mm-hmm. So if winning an Oscar means that I'm too busy to read my Bible every day, then it's the Oscar mm-hmm. is not worth it for me. If winning an Oscar is too big to the point where I can no longer involve myself in ministry in any capacity, you know, mm-hmm. um, then it's it's not worth it to me. But honestly, of course everybody wants to be big, get the accolades, make money. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I you know, some people say they don't, you know what I'm saying? Because I know some people they try to, you know, play down things. And I'll just like but you kind of downplaying God with saying that, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Because you don't never know what God can do with you mm-hmm. being that mm-hmm. if you that earnest with God, why you don't think God can take you to other levels that can get him the projection and the uh, yep. glory that he deserves? Exactly. So that's some that's the reason why I ask certain questions like that and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Because I was like, yo, you know what I'm saying? God, if you believe in God and your faith and your works are going for the glory of God, yeah, there's no level. You know oh, what I'm saying? Okay, true. So part of the reason why I wanted to become an actress is because true story. I want to be in a platform where Oprah is interviewing me and Ellen is interviewing me or whoever, and they say, How did you get to where you are? And I can say, Jesus. You know what I mean? Like that is exactly I want to be as big as possible. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Um, however, and the reason why I say what I say, and let me let me be clear. Yes, I want you know all the all of it from the, the glam to you know whatever. Oh, yeah. 
right? Um, I would I would be lying if I didn't say that, you know, I would love to be at the Oscars presenting, getting awards, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. However, I do know with that I've seen, I'm I'm very much a person who watches, right? Yeah. So I see how fame and money and all of that cause struggle in a lot of celebrity life. And so yeah. I, with that much responsibility or with that much fame comes that much responsibility. Yes. Mm. And so um, it kind of goes back to, you know, me working in ministry and leading the young adults. Um, the reason why I was afraid was because I didn't want to steer anywhere one-on-one away from Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Say something that would set everything off. So it's kind of the same, it's kind of the same thing. I don't want to be so big to where I start getting arrogant. I start losing Christ. I start, you know, if Mm. if God can't be with me, then that that's a fear for me. You know, that's a fear that that's a different lifestyle. That much you know, uh, c- comes with its own set of problems. You know, that much, um, you know, that much clout and fame comes with its own set of problems. It comes with its own set of responsibilities. Now people are looking to you. Mm-hmm. Mm. One thing that you can say will completely destroy your career. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Or yeah. one mistake that you can make could completely destroy your career. But yeah. now mm. I'm in a position to where I've accepted what I'm doing. I I have to be held accountable for my mistakes. I'm in a position where I can't mm. make mistakes. You know what I mean? And so if God is not with me, then I, I don't want to be there. Because yes, I believe in a big God. He can do anything, right? But he can yeah. also take anything away. I don't want to be in that position to where that happens. You know what mm. I mean? And so that's just where it is. And I also just trust God through the whole process. I put in a lot of work, you know, even with my own projects. I've got um, a children's book coming out, which I'm really excited about. Oh, uh, come on. I'm actually, we're actually, I've had a meeting um, or two about, I'm going to join a podcast. Um, mm. I also have been writing a show from the ground up. So like, just one. Yeah, so it's just been it's been it's been amazing, but I of course I want those things to blow up. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. But I definitely just don't want to lose me in that process. Yeah, lose exactly. that process. So that's just honestly like a really big fear. I know it's like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but um that's why I just I'm very careful about the way that I move in that industry mm. because it can tear you down just from oh yeah hiding in itself the way um, I think there's been some strides lately um, about, you know, just the way people look and, you know, there's been some moves made about how the society um, accepts people in their looks and things like that, but it can mm-hmm. tear you down. Social media is great, but it also can tear you. People are mean. Uh, yeah, people, yeah, people get wild. <laughs> they will take people it and run with it. You know what I'm saying? If I don't have an anchor, and that's all I'm saying, right? Yeah. If yeah. I don't have an anchor, to be able to pull myself away from that um, and say, dang, they might not like the way that I look in that dress, but God loves me. You know, mm-hmm. I like the way that I look, you know, right. so, that's the only thing I have to have that. That's me. You know, everybody yeah. doesn't need to have that, but I do, you know, yeah. that's that anchor. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh, um, another thing too, um, what, what is something 
Oh my God, I just feel like it's about to be deep. I feel like it's about to be out of control. <laughs> yeah. what, what is something that you feel can, with inside yourself, that can halt, keep you from fulfilling your dream? Oh, where you want me to start? <laughs> Listen, guys, the work on me, I will never claim to be perfect. In faith, mm-hmm. or anything else like that. <laughs> um, what is something that can halt? Um, for a long time, I had a fear of success. Mm-hmm. For a really long time. I got something to say to that when you get through. Yeah, for a long I've literally jeopardized auditions on purpose because I was mm-hmm. so afraid. Yeah. Like, and it's it's crazy, but um, I remember I had an audition in another state. I forgot what, um, but I was so nervous and I was so afraid. And again, it, success comes with a lot of responsibility, and yeah. so and fear is a real thing. Okay, and so the enemy plays on that fear times twenty, and so um, I they called me and I had to catch a flight, right? But I, I can't remember what exactly happened. I think I got off work late or something. Um, mm. And I ended up missing my flight. So I told them at the audition um, and they were willing to work with me. They were so willing. They were like, you know, we'll put you at the last slot. You can catch the next flight or whatever. Right. And I was like, oh, no, it's okay. You guys are going out of your way, you know, to do all of these things. But I was right. so scared, you know, so, like I was right. so yeah. right. Um, And like just that I had to really work and, and sometimes it is scary but at this point I just make a decision to do it anyway right mm-hmm. um, um, so that is definitely that um, and just the fact that I'm human and then I fall yeah. so sometimes that that fear of that as well am I going to say something um, am I going to say something that will ruin my career you know mm. can I, I'm 100% a transparent person can I be that transparent without being judged? Should mm. I be about being judged? You know, like there's just yeah. I, I can over I because can we think, you yeah, know we're in a council culture, so you don't. It's like you don't get second chances with your words a lot of time. Correct, and so that is the overthinking. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it goes back to again faith. Like, is that really faith when you're completely overthinking and not giving it to God and allowing exactly. Him? Right. The way he wants to work. And so faith is ever changing. You know, faith, mm-hmm. I never want to feel like I have arrived in faith. Because right. at that point, what purpose does God have for me on this earth anymore? Yeah. You know? That'll be arrogant of us anyway. Correct. How yeah. can I grow, you know, yeah. um, if I've arrived somewhere, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of times when I feel like when I'm feeling myself, and you know, uh God knows how to shut me down. You know, it's just like, um, you're not there yet. So, um, I, you know, that just that overthinking fear is really, honestly. Yeah. Because um, I, I feel like, you know what I'm saying, a lot of times when we, you know what I'm saying, we fear success, we fear things that are unknown, you know what I'm saying, because even just like a lot of things that we, you know, our faith is, you know, dependent, you know what I'm saying, on believing forward in something that has not came yet. You know what I'm saying? Uh, just like the, the fear of success. I, I had a fear of success. I was just like, man, I don't want to succeed. And it got to the point where I was like, I don't want to succeed past my friends or the people that I hang around mm. and stuff like that. But at the same time, you know what I'm saying? If you know that God got something for you on another level, on another plane, you will kind of be 
it's kind of being disobedient, you know what I'm saying, to say to God, like, hey, I know you said you wanted me to be this thing, but I don't want to be it. And I like I tell people a lot, you know what I'm saying? Me and my brother say this a lot. I don't want to die and go to heaven. And God got this list of all the things I could accomplish. But I let fear stop me. You know what I'm saying? Like, God was like, you're supposed to be this, and you're supposed to be leading these people. You're supposed to be getting this there. You're supposed to make an impact on the world. And all I did was make an impact no further than my toes. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the thing that when it's, it's nothing wrong with being fearful, you know what I'm saying? Or having fear or having to face fear or having that feeling of fear sink on you. Because if it comes to you, but the thing that it is, is don't let fear stop you. You know what I'm saying? Because if you push through, you never know what kind of blessings that you get on the other side of pushing through that fear. Because that's just life. Life ain't meant to be easy. Life is meant to bring out the best of you through refinement. Not mm -hmm. you just came out perfect. And I think that's good that you said, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I was shook up by it, but I still pushed through and did the things that I need to do because that's the difference maker, you know what I'm saying, in in life is pushing through. Yeah. You always come out better on the other side, right? We yeah. all yep. we conquer that fear, it makes it that much better, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, fear is, it's not just a feeling. It, it takes over your whole body. It completely... It changes the way you move, the way you think. You know what, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? And I, and I just no longer want to give any power to that. You know, um, and so even in that, in, my, in in the master life class that I took, um, the teacher said something so profound. And he said, um, "Faith um, is not the absence of doubt or anything like that. Faith mm -hmm. is choosing to believe in the midst of that, right? Yeah. Of doubt. And so it's the same." It's the thing. It's the same thing I can say about courage, right? Because courage is the opposite of fear, right? And right. so, um, courage is not the absence of fear. It's deciding yep. to continue, you know, mm -hmm. even when you have fear, even when you are scared, um, and then seeing the outcome. And I think fear, and it's on the on the other side, is a beautiful thing because yeah. there's a lot of people who are fearful. Um, mm -hmm. there are a lot of other people that you can minister to that you can. Um, really reach who feel the same way yeah. uh, that you do. I don't think it's coincidence that God used some of the craziest people in the Bible to then yeah. back for his kingdom, right? So it's just mm -hmm. all of our experiences, everything that we go through, um, whether we're super afraid, whether we're super fearful, everything leads to um, something amazing for God's kingdom, right? But if we stop with fear, then we'll never make it there, you know? Right. Um, and we'll never get to realize the abundance of love and the abundance of amazingness that we can, you know, spread into this world that we can um, really absorb. So it's just fear. It's, it's a thing. And it's you, you conquer it because with each step that you go to, the more attacks that you are given, you know, mm. um, I say like pastors and people who are in high places that uh, um, that really represent Christ. Like for instance, Steph Curry, right? One of my favorite players in the Holy. If you don't know, I'm a huge <laughs> basketball player. Okay. I am a huge NBA fan. Don't know. I am obsessed. 
Okay. Yeah. So I forgot, it was gonna have to come up at some point. Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering when it was. <laughs> See, you know, like I'm a huge, I'm a huge Laker fan too. Don't say nothing about my team. Okay. Let's go Lakers. Let's go Lakers. Thank you. Thank you. See, I knew. Um, it was that connection. I knew it. I knew it. it was hey, man, nobody ain't talking. Ain't nobody talking your poetic justice, Bray. Hey, you know, and I'm a vibe. A whole vibe. When, when the next album for your daddy coming out? <laughs> Actually, we're in the studio, but he's not Anthony Hamilton. But anyway, <laughs> Jed, continue. Uh, let's, let's go on. Let's go on. <laughs> I'm, I'm a huge basketball fan. And right now, um, my my favorite player of all time is Kobe Bryant. We don't even get into that because I'm not trying to shed any tears on this on this thing. <laughs> but uh, right now in the league, my favorite player is Steph Curry. Um, half because of his ability, but half because of the man that it seems that he is. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I pray for people like him all the time mm-hmm. because to be in a position like uh, Chance the Rapper, you know, mm-hmm. um, to be in a position like that where you have so much influence, so much power to persuade people you i can't even imagine the attacks that he has to go through you're right because you know my pastor said one time why would the devil attack people that he already has you know Mm. he only goes for people who are doing things for the kingdom you know Mm. so it's like okay that it is makes me want to pray for people like him in high places who are doing things for the kingdom yeah um I can't imagine. Like, I know he had to go through some things with his, I think they were attacking his wife at one point, you know, and over some things that she said or whatever. Like, even in that, you know, I can't imagine what it's like to have to, or even just to have to uphold that picture of perfection all the time. You know what I mean? Um, And so it's just a lot. I know sometimes being faithful and being a Christian is hard sometimes for me. I don't always want to go. Like I said, I don't want to go into Subway and smile. I don't. I don't want. I don't want to. Sometimes I just want to chill. And not, yeah. Sometimes I want to take a break from ministry. I'm not gonna lie. Ministry can be taxing. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I just want to chill. But then I think about the commitment that I made. You know. Um, and I think about the responsibility that I have to other people. So imagine that times millions. Of mm. uh, yeah, because yeah. that's exactly what happens. You know, yeah. you've got cameras on you all the time. You've got people literally looking. Looking. Something. To yeah, something to go wrong. I remember I had a conversation. I know. Kind of oh. I had a conversation about like Barack Obama. You know, everybody loves the person. Whether you agreed with his, you know, ability to be president or not. Everybody thinks he's a pretty cool dude for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so they were talking about how, you know, infidelity in, in the White House and how presidents, you know, were uh, cheating on the wives or whatever. And so we were having a conversation about Barack Obama and they were like, I'm sure that Barack uh, probably, you know, cheated on uh, Michelle or something like that. And I was like, I guarantee he didn't because people are looking for something like that for him. Yeah. They are literally, you know, like a hawk. literally watching him like, yeah. Oh, Michelle, don't play. But second of all, second of all, they were literally looking for any kind of scandal, exactly. any, anything, you know. He had to be perfect. 
You said what? He had to be. He per- had to be perfect. He had to be perfect on a daily basis. That's the only per- president I ever seen it. Like, yo, if he sneezed and they didn't like it, it was like, you see how he sneezed? That kind of sneeze kills babies. You like <laughs> actually? So imagine right, having to be perfect all yeah. the time. You know that is hard. Yeah. That is so hard. I think to that point. Um, you know, because I think that's my fear too. I fear success in some ways. Like, I do feel like I'm at the forefront in a lot of the things that I do. Like, you know, at the school that I work for, I'm the creative director. And I feel like a lot of people kind of put me in the spotlight when I don't like it. <laughs> um, and I, but, but honestly, like, I love what I do. You know, like, um, at the core, like, what my school does is we, we really focus on, like, the urban communities and making sure, like, just the local community are educated and, you know, have their GED, have their high school diploma, you know, alternative ways to be able to train and, you know, look into trades, you know, as an option instead of college. And, you know, but like there's things that I've, I've been able to accomplish in this job that um, I don't really look for praise for because it's just like this is this is what I do. Like, this is what I love doing. And but I, I feel like even just outside of my job and the things that I aspire to do, like, I'm, you know, want to do the podcast. I want to do more filmmaking. I want to do more things that I know that's going to put me in into the spotlight a little bit more. But it's like, like you said, like you, you go from, cause I feel like people in the spotlight, like you just have no room to fail. And then on a regular, regular basis as a regular, regular person, nobody's really holding you accountable unless it's like your close friends, your close circles that only only sees your failures that only really see like who you are on your good days, on your bad days, on your indifferent days. And so it's not like enlarged on this platform where it's like, and breaking news, Mella just, you know, kicked the cat in the, the face and it landed in a tree. And now we all hate her because she hate cats. And it's like, now everybody like that I've never heard of, that I've never seen before, that I've met, never met in a day in my life has an opinion about this and, and how it should take form. And because social media has that much influence to make that type of decision is like, oh, we're going to cancel this person because she didn't she use her platform to speak about the latest and the greatest and things like that. It's like, but that's not what I created this platform for. I didn't create this platform to speak on the things that you think I should talk about. So I think... It's, it's this anxiety that comes with, you know, this responsibility of like upholding a certain image when I, the only image that I'm trying to uphold is the image of Christ. And so like and in that, knowing that I am human, I do make mistakes. And so people just feel like when you're in the spotlight that way, there's no room for mess ups. And it's like, but sir, ma'am. Don't you mess up on a daily basis? Aren't you human, too? I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. And it's sad to see that people that already have these platforms have to go and make videos about being human. It's like it's it doesn't make sense. Like you think about Kirk Franklin and that whole literally just about Kirk Franklin when you were talking. You know, and it's like if anybody need to be having a conversation, it's your son. You know, and at the end of the day, like we all mess up, we all make mistakes. I, I've slipped up and cursed, you know, a, a time or two in my life. You know, I, it wasn't purposeful. It wasn't with intention. It just happened. But it's like, okay, what do I do next? What does my repentance plan look like? How do I, you know, go 
how do I move forward with godly sorrow and not worldly sorrow and try to beat myself? Oh, now woe is me. And now I won't ever be. And now I'm not enough. And God won't ever. And now I put myself in this hole where I feel like I'm, un, you know, not forgiving. Like God has, a, but God sent his son to do that. Past, present, and future. My sins are forgiven. My choice is how am I going to, okay, now that I, I admit that I'm wrong, that did not glorify God in any way. But how do I choose to continue to move forward to glorify God? Because, like, it's hard. Like, and I, and I think one of the biggest things that I was kind of thinking about too, because as I've been reflecting this week and just just really searching and going deeper in my relationship with God, I've been really looking at things that helps me relate more to Jesus. And one of the things that I really appreciate about the Gospels um, is when Jesus would heal somebody and he'll clearly tell them not to tell anybody, but then they still go tell, like everybody. And that's like how I want to to live in regards to like how I move and how I maneuver is just like, Jesus was famous. Not like, not everybody liked him, you know, everybody, some people had opinions. Pharisees questioned his ability, questioned his, his, his true meaning of being there. You know, his own disciples had questions. So it's, you know, not to say that they didn't believe in his ability, but they just had their doubts. But at the end of the day, it's like Jesus was famous. Jesus did things too, but he didn't do it to be seen. He did it because that was that was what he was called to do from the beginning of time. And I think that's how I want to look at my life too. It's like, if this is what God has called me to do, there's going to be so many different things that people have to say. There's so many people, you know, I'm going to face a lot of persecution. A lot of people are going to have a lot of things to say, good, bad, or indifferent. And like you said, it's like I have to build that anchor, that solid foundation in my relationship with Christ, that security. When that those things happen, I can constantly remind myself of why I chose to do this in the first place and not, I didn't do this for your opinion. I did this because it's what I was called to do. And I know that opinions are going to come with that. And I, but it's like my fear of my fear of success is like, okay, it's kind of like what you said. It's like having that courage despite the fear that I feel and being able to get to that place of success where opinions people are going to like pop up even more than they already are. So I completely relate to that whole that the fear halting you because it's like it's it feels like a huge responsibility you know, and you really have to make sure that you're secure in your relationship with God and that you have deep convictions and that you are very clear on your why so that you can constantly go back to it when you get, you know, clouded by everybody's judgments. So I think you said two, I think you said two really important things just now. Um, I think what you said about um just you do what you do because of your why, right? You do what you do because you want to glorify God, right? And I think that anything that we do with the basis of that will succeed, right? Mm -hmm. So in itself, that itself will lead to success, right? Yeah. Um, and then something else that I think you said that was really big was um, having people around you who can hold you accountable. As you grow, and this is what I've learned, and it's taken away a little bit of that fear, yeah. um, that if you have people surrounded by you who love you, genuinely love you, yeah. um, who don't want to see you fail, um, who even apart from you don't want to see you fail, because a lot of people don't want to see you fail because if you fail, they fail, right? Mm -hmm. I'm talking about surrounding 
yourself with people who genuinely want to see you succeed, whether they get to enjoy that success for themselves or not. Mm-hmm. So with those type of people, people who kind of have the same values that they'll help you hold hold you accountable and say, Jen, you tripping. You real, you, you was real arrogant. Yes. <laughs> in that last interview, I'm gonna need you to calm down. You know? <laughs> you know, like for instance, again, Steph, my dog, the in my opinion, the best shooter of all time, but we're not gonna go there. But what I'm saying is um, I can give you that I remember one time he said something, his mom had to check him. You know what I mean? It was all in, it was all in the news or whatever. Yeah. But it's like I think it's important to have people even like see, like you're on this 30-day plan, you have accountability partners to yeah. help you through. I think it's so important in everything that you do to have people who have your genuine best interest at heart um, and who want to see you succeed um, and who will tell you when you are not when you've gotten there, but when you are headed down the wrong path. Mm-hmm. You know I mean? um, and I think that's key. Just catching yourself. We're all human. We're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to fall. But catching it before it gets to a place where now something has to be taken away from you something that could have been used for God's glory is now making a mockery mm. of the faith, you know? Um, that's just what it is. And so even in that, like like you said, even in, in that success, once you get to a place of success and you're doing it for your why, right? Um, I don't care what level of success that is, as long as I am not making a hypocrisy, uh, uh, yeah, hypocrisy of the faith. Yep. So I don't want to say or be a person that I'm not living. Yep. Like, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, I don't I don't want to claim to have this image of someone and not live like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's fear is real. Yeah. But then it just makes you, but then it goes and you start getting these thoughts in your head. Well, girl, you know, you know. You know, when you get successful, you know, people are trying to take all your money. <laughs> you know, you're, you're going to lose friends and all that kind of stuff. It's like, like my granddaddy told me, hey, people can't take from you what you don't give. You know what I'm saying? That's good. As a, as you always have to be mindful of what, who you're letting in your gates. You know what I'm saying? And, and if you're not, you know what I'm saying, you always going to be vulnerable to what's around you and stuff like that. People going to come. Take, you know, steal from you, take your energy, take your good time. Because if it's always offered up like buffet style, they're going to come sit down and grab a plate or two of me. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, you have to you have to be mindful. You know what I'm saying? You, yeah. That, that's a part of us being as adults. You know what I'm saying? That's a part of us not allowing life to happen to us, but actually go after life and handle life. Carpe diem, seize the day. Yeah. Seize your time. Seize your moments and stuff like that. So. Yeah. And uh, I I really wanted to kind of uh, tie this up because your day job to me is amazing as well. So I, you know, um, so you want to tell people just what you do and kind of how it ties into your loves and your occupation. Like how, how does that inform your day job? You want to explain that? So I love, okay, so I love, I- I absolutely love what I do. So I'm what's called a registered behavior therapist. I am, it's, it's, I mean, I'm sorry, a registered behavior technician. I'm sorry. Um, it's a type of uh, therapist that basically implements the programs of behavior analysts to help children with developmental disabilities. Um, and we focus, so we focus solely on behavior. Um, 
And so sometimes that means uh, decreasing problem behavior, whether it could be severe aggression. Um, like I've literally been beat up <laughs> day after day. Um, it could be just um, a lack of language, so teaching them language. Um, and so, um, yeah, it's, it's it ties into everything that I'm doing because one, acting definitely plays a part. It's, it's crazy, but with children, you have to be animated all mm -hmm. the time, all the time, and it's crazy. Uh, you know, um, just studying improv and studying, um, like doing all of these things, allow me to be okay being silly because that's a real thing, right? Like some people are so afraid to get out of their mind. Um, and just allow themselves to be in the moment and be silly. And that's with all of the training from acting has really helped me be that because in a sense, you become childlike and you're able to kind of relate to these kids, you know, yeah. um, on their level. And um, once you relate to them on their level and you get um, kind of their buy-in, you're able to shape their behavior, you know? Um, so, um, that plays a part. And again, I've always wanted to do something that helps people. And so if I can help, if I can be a part of a team that helps people, that helps kids live and be able to independently function in this world without the help of somebody for the rest of their life, um, or without, you know, having to fear, you know, the stigma or the negative thoughts that may come with, you know, their disability, I want to be able to do that. You know what I'm saying? That makes me feel good that a child who used to literally bite me 25 times a day, no longer bites anyone, is now is able to be in a class where kids want to play with him. You know what I mean? And uh, he has friends. That makes me, like, I cry. Like, you know, <laughs> I cry. Like, it's, it's like a really, it's just a feeling. It's amazing. Yeah. You know, so it all ties together. Again, it was a basis of faith, basis of my relationship with Christ. Everything ties together. Awesome. I, I, I love that because you really are using your why, your spiritual why and your your drive to do what you do with acting and with the youth in your occupation. I feel like a lot of people, um, some people may not have the chance to like do something as holistic as what you do for a living, but some people don't give themselves a chance mm. you know, when they really could, you yeah. know what I mean? And so I really admire that you are able to do that. You're able to kind of synergize what God is doing. You know what I mean? You're really, you're, you're like, you know, you're striving every day to experience God and not just know about God and not just learn about God, but experience your relationship with him and, and his relationship to your life. Mm. Um, uh, our pastor is uh, preaching on a series about that. It's, it's a book called Experiencing God. Um, oh, man. That's what I took. It is incredible. By Blackaby. Yeah, I'm, I'm reading the book as well. You know, I'm kind of getting put on the book too to kind of take inventory of my God experiences just to get to the root of, you know, a real relationship as opposed to just, you know, you go to school and you learn about things. It's academic, you know what I mean? It's like you learn for the test, you take the test, you pass, and now you know it for all time. That's not mm -hmm. how a relationship or an experience works. No. You know what I mean? So um, <laughs> I'm just trying to, you know, really 
get in touch with that with a lot of what I do, like creatively, um, you know, me and Britt also work with the youth at our, in our ministry. Um, you know, we have a young teenage group right now. So, and, and you're right. You have to get outside of yourself. You know what I mean? Like whatever preconceived notions you have about, you know, being around teenagers and how cool were you in high school or whatever, mm -hmm. you, you have to throw that out the window. Because all these kids want is your time. Yeah. They really just want your genuine time. Like not just kind of, you're just biding your time because somebody asked you to do it, but like just genuine time and interest and what they have going on and you know things can blossom from there um, i definitely um like what you have going on and you know just glad we talked to you i I'm yeah. really glad we, we talked to this so <laughs> I was telling, I washed behind my ears. I was telling y'all, like, I really need like, I brush my teeth, you know, and everything. Like, I was so excited. Like, I'm so, so grateful. And I'm so proud of what y'all are doing. Like, Congress 80 is good. Thank you, thank you, thank, thank you, thank you. So you. Thanks a lot. Yeah, we, we out here trying to fight the good fight on, on mm -hmm. the social side of the game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I think I think you you put in some blows. <laughs> I'm grateful and I appreciate y'all. Yeah. So we've come to this time in our podcast where we share our final thoughts. So just a thought that summarizes our conversation, what we've talked about this whole podcast, or something else you want to plug really quickly. Um we go around and do that. So we're going to start with a special guest. Um, <laughs> or, you know, something you want to share with the people and just something for them to walk away with. You know right, right. So final thoughts, Jen Martin. <sighs> I guess, um, I guess the final thought that I guess I can give people is, um, you know, we talked a lot about God and, his impact and his ability to work in your life. Um, but I, I just want people to know that there are, your, the basis of everything should be, you know, your relationship with Christ, right? And, and what you do, um, he should definitely be in your why. But also know that if you have fear or if there's other things that you're trying to work on, there are practical things that you could do as well, right? Mm -hmm. um, faith without works is dead, right? And you have to work, it is work. Right. Um, so don't think that, you know, for those of you that don't may not know Christ, don't think that once you, you know, come into Christ that everything's gonna be easy and that you've arrived and you know, um and that you know all of your troubles and worries will necessarily vanish, you know. Right, um, right. It doesn't work like that. Um, I think there are practical things. If you are dealing with fear, there are practical things you can do, like therapy. You know, you can go and mm. talk to someone about it. Um there are practical things you are dealing with, you know, uh, I don't know, whatever you're dealing with, there's boundaries that you can set in your life. You know, if you're eating too much, what boundaries are you setting? You know, you can pray about it all day, but if you continue to go pick up something, you know, um, what boundaries are you setting? You know, there's practical things. So that's just like, you know, as we were talking about fear and things like that, it really um, just made me think about that there are, practical things that you can do and um, and spiritual things 
that you can do to live a life of love and greatness and smiles and happy and sun joy, like at Chick Fil A. That's gonna have to grow on me. Oh my, gosh. <gasps> oh my gosh, that's so funny. That's it. <laughs> Y'all put me on the spot first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man. My- no, final, final thoughts, Miller uh, G. Miller uh, G. <laughs> um, I think in the same vein, because I feel like we just really had a great conversation about fear um, and how it can really stifle us from really living our dreams. And so I just want to take the time to challenge those who are listening, who are, who are viewing us right now, is to not allow those fears to um, hold you back from what, what God has called you to go. Um, and I think that's one thing that I want to try to live out too. Um, <laughs> and just being obedient, you know, and to the calling. Uh, I feel like I've just been uh, <laughs> walking away from it uh, because of the fear of what it could come with. And I think the biggest thing is, is that I, I think the, the fear on top of that is like, well, I, if I allowed that that initial fear to keep me from it, then like the fear of not being able to experience it as well. Mm. I just you know, want to be able to you know get past um, you know the doubt, the fear, the OCDness that I have, the perfectionism, the you know this or that, and God is just like do it. So um, you know I just want to challenge you as I'm challenging myself. Uh, to just really live past that fear, live through the fear. Don't try to dismiss it. I think we should uh, take a, a healthy approach to what we're feeling. You know, allow ourselves to feel those things, but not let us keep it keep us stuck and keep us you know prevent us from actually uh, moving forward. If anything, you know, like Quay is one of our good members. He's fell gracefully. You know, it's like it's not that we're not going to fail in life. Uh, but have grace on yourself, you know, in the process, you know, it's probably not going to look like how it is going to look in the beginning. But if you keep working at it, if you stay consistent, it'll get to a place where because um, at the core, you want to make sure you have why that is glorifying God at the at the very at the very least. But then at the very most, it's like you're you're still authentically being yourself. You don't want to do something that removes you from like who you are at the core. And so. With that being said, I like to plug my podcast, uh, Mind Your Own. <laughs> I do this podcast, but I also am starting Mind Your Own Back Up. Um, Mind Your Own Podcast is a podcast focused on uh, talking about my experiences as a single Christian woman um, and the, the things that I, I experience on a day-to-day basis, um, whether it's dating, whether it's relationships, whether it's uh, finances, whether it's whatever it is, I just try to be as transparent and open about my life because, um, you know, I'm human and there's things that I experience. I don't always get it right. Um, and so I just want to be able to use that platform to be able to help people more, help more single women relate. Um, so I'm excited too because I want to go ahead and just announce this because I just feel like this is accountability. 
Um, I'm starting a marriage series on my podcast. No, I'm not married. Okay, you see here. There's no <laughs> <laughs> That's exciting, though. That's exciting. I'm married tomorrow. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, so I am starting a marriage series. I feel like I have some really great married friends. And I think uh, I think there's a lot of people that always have questions about like marriage and like what that looks like. And I'm no expert. And the friends, my friend, I want to say my friends are experts per se, but they're experienced. You know, they've been in relationships for a long time. Uh, and so I'm excited to have Steve and Britt as my first guest. <laughs> and then the coming <laughs> So I'm, I'm super excited because I want to expand my audience and I feel like this is the perfect way to start it um, just to be able to, uh, you know, interview married people and get their thoughts and feedback on life and advice and things like that. So I just want to kind of mix it up a little bit and I'm excited, guys. I'm excited. Mm -hmm. so, well, let me say, since you, since you plug, listen. <laughs> <laughs> with all the with all the projects that I mentioned earlier, um, the book, um, we're in the final phases of illustration. I'm so excited. Um, all of that, you guys can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at I am Jen Martin. I am Jen Martin, Jen with one N, um, on Instagram and Twitter, and you guys can you know see everything that's happening. Had to plug because my girl Mel G. Yes, yes. Follow me. Uh, yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> exactly. Final thoughts, Stephen Neal. Well, uh, this has been a fine podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, this, this has been great. And uh, just wanted to, first of all, take time to acknowledge that April is Autism Awareness Month. Um, I'm glad not only we had two shows this month to kind of highlight that, uh, you know, at the end like this, but today's conversation with Jen Martin being in her field, you know, being a behavior technician as her day job. Um, I think that's really awesome that we had this conversation, you know, in April, you know, to yeah. bring sure. more awareness to aspects of you know, autism, you know, and other, uh, you know, challenges that uh, people are diagnosed with, they're, they're born with, and, you know, that they, that they overcome just like other human beings have challenges and overcome. I think uh, the more we understand, um, the better we are with awareness and just uh, really accomplishing that end. And I also want to point out that um i'm thinking about four days this podcast turns three years old yep. <laughs> <laughs> yes three years from our first podcast um man and it's i never forget that pepperoni pizza <laughs> yeah, it's the most motivational pepperoni pizza. Yeah, that pepperoni pizza say this podcast, guys. You know. <laughs> yes, indeed. So we'll, we'll shout out to Britt. <laughs> Come on, Britt with the food. Britt. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, indeed. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll probably celebrate that a bit more with uh, you know our next show because it's closer to the day. You know, we'll we'll let y'all yeah. know about that in a little bit. But um, but yeah, just wanted to acknowledge that before the day passed that. Yes, April 29th is our third anniversary. Over 60 recordings later. This is like 58 official episodes here, but 60 recordings in general. YouTube stuff, the video stuff, the CMC stuff. Yeah, uh, we got some wild stuff out there in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Blockbuster Domus. I missed that. I missed that. (laughs) All of that content. Just three uh, years later, and it's, yeah. it's crazy. So, hey, man. uh just wanted to acknowledge that milestone, mm. um, and that is that's my final thought. Man, that's dope. Awesome. So, final thought, Darius J. Ah, uh, well, my final thought is, you know, what I'm saying a little bit on the lines of what you said. You know, what I'm saying, hey, man. Coming up on our third year, you know what I'm saying? Um, it feels good, you know what I'm saying? It's a lot of perseverance in these three years. Y'all don't understand. A lot of facing our fears and people moving on to better things and us growing in our craft and actually getting better, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, through everything that we don't been through and all the things that have come, all this stuff that we all looking at right here, we learned all this stuff on the fly. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We had nobody showing us the way. We pushed through. We had a vision, and we made it come come true. We brought it to fruition. And we could have let fear stop us. And just like I, I said earlier, that pizza saved us. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Marcos. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Come on, come for us. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and it's all the things that God gave us. Just like God brought Mel into our lives like she was so good on the podcast that we kept her you know what i'm saying and she added different things to us and she gives so much she has so she has a big brain guys you know what i'm saying so you know what i'm saying she is very talented so if you ever around her you will understand you know what i'm saying the things that steve neil don't brought to this thing it's just amazing you know what I'm saying? Just the visual aspect that y'all see. That's all, Steve. Yeah. He got a business out there, y'all. Yeah. Check it out. And he got a cool, he got the coolest card I ever seen. You know right. what I'm saying? I won't go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just I'm grateful, man. Like it's the thing that I was talking about, you know what I'm saying, with a brother and a couple of brothers actually this week. It's just about gratitude and being grateful for the things that I have received from God and the things that God removed from me. You know what I'm saying? And um, every lesson, whether how bad it make you feel or how good it make you feel, is a blessing. You know what I'm saying? It's just up to your point of view. And sometimes it's finding the right point of view to look at it and actually see that silver lining. Um, And to have your mind and your heart open to change because things, you know what I'm saying, don't stay, stay the same, just like sun joy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, and, and, and live your life with love, man. Like this life is already hard enough, and there's a lot of people out here trying to make this life bad. Mm-hmm. 
Eat in love, man. Pour something good on somebody. Give somebody the best of you instead of the worst of you. Because yeah. all you got to offer is the worst of you. Stay in your house until you got some good to give. You know what I'm saying? Don't pick up your phone, nothing like that. Sit there and try to find it. Allow God to search through the caverns of your heart and bring light to you. If you don't, you'll always be shrouded in darkness. And I say all that to say this. Thank you. Thank y'all for listening. Thank y'all for coming through. Thank y'all for giving us and allowing us to be on your uh, phone, TV, whatever device y'all looking at us on. I appreciate you. You know what I'm saying? And when you listen to us, wherever you listen to us at, share, spread it around. We want to do this thing organically. You know what I'm saying? We want people to know who we are. We want to be able to get this goodness and these great guests that we have. We want them to be able to be all over the world. And you know what I'm saying? And when Sis Jen become this top-notch actress, director, all of the above, <laughs> she going to have to come back to the show and she know it. Exactly. <laughs> you know but, <laughs> yeah, man. We appreciate y'all, man. You know what I'm saying? Conversate. We up. I have one more thing before we close it out. Um, so I I just want to let everybody know that we are hiring. Oh yeah. <laughs> a social media marketer right now. Um, preferably somebody who is looking to receive college credit. Um yeah. It's a 12-week intensive, intentional program um, that's focused on marketing and graphic design. So if you, if it's you that you're listening or you know someone, you do not have to be in Atlanta. You can be anywhere in the world. This is a remote job. Um, but if you're interested or you know somebody that could actually uh, help us out in this area, uh, pass that along. The job posting is on our page on Facebook. Um, so you can go there to apply, um, and we'll be happy to, you know, interview you, see if you'd be a good fit for the Conversate family. Yeah. Awesome. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. Just hot pot summer. <laughs> hot, hot summer. Let's go all summer long. Summer long. And speaking of which, as we do at the end of every episode... We are going to reveal who our next guest, Mela, as always. Hey, let's go! Oh, my brother, you don't understand. <laughs> next show gonna be, gonna be live. live. It's gonna be live. You know what I'm saying? Y'all think I'm. Funny and crazy way for my brother, you know what I'm telling both of us together, it ain't gonna be no game. <laughs> and it's a back to back situation. So yes. there's exactly. no time. Show week is now, right now. Yeah, show week show starts week start. now. <laughs> so you yeah, know what I'm saying? Next Sunday, a week from today, we will have another show. That's hot pot summer, everybody. Hey, what we ain't we playing all right. summer long. <laughs> hot pot. Summer. I cannot this dress modestly. <laughs> yeah, please put that disclaimer out there. Yes, yes, exactly. yes. yes. Yeah, man. I appreciate it. Thank you, uh, Jim Martin, again, man, for yes. coming on the show, man. This is this is dope. You know what I'm saying? You you drop some serious jewels, gold nuggets, 
all that diamonds and pearls. No gets no chicken. Ah man, we ain't made that song yet. Dropping oh, yeah. nuggets today, no chicken. Hey, I got a studio. Oh, okay. Hey, that's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, man, it was conversate, man. We love y'all. We talked about it. We talked, we talked about, about it. it. Peace.